Welcome to the podcast of tomorrow, a Futurama podcast, where today we are talking about season 11, episode 4, Parasites Regained. I am Lindsay Wilson, joined as always by Alex Hunes. Alex, how's it going? Hello, I'm good. I am liking this season a lot. I feel like it's going in like directions, like every single episode goes in a direction I don't necessarily expect. Yes, yes, it's going great. I am very pleasantly surprised by this episode. really enjoyed it. I Yeah, I feel like we had no expectations and they have been very much surpassed. <laughs> I, ha- I had high, ex- well, you had very low expectations. You're mm-hmm. uh, the noted hater. I'm just yes. here. Uh, <laughs> I'm, yeah, you're the noted hater and I'm the, it's fine of our three-star review on, mm-hmm. on iTunes, but that's fine. <laughs> I had quite high expectations for this episode because the Parasites episode is so iconic and I don't think it quite met the expectations, but it I enjoyed that it was not going inside someone's body and just doing that whole yes. thing again. Yeah, no, I thought this was really fun. I, I should say when I said I had no expectations, I meant for the season as a whole. But the episode, I think I expected it to be like, okay, but was nervous because the first one is so good. But yeah, I thought they took it in some really fun directions. We have a prolonged Dune parody. It's good mm-hmm. stuff. Curious to hear your Dune lore. Uh, I think we've probably done this at some point. Like we, we've been podcasting ever since uh, Dune came out. Um, and don't even get me started on Dune 2 being delayed. <laughs> <laughs> don't even oh, yeah incredible yes well how are you let's start with the pleasantries the pleasantries. <laughs> yes the skimmable pleasantries uh, i'm good uh, i had a college friend reunion of sorts this weekend where people flew across the country to uh, come to an airbnb that was like three minutes away from where i'm currently staying so that was very generous of everyone we did activities becoming of a 32 year old of (laughs) cooking dinner and playing board games and going to bed early and having one beer my girlfriend is addicted to opening packs of pokemon cards so we opened some pokemon cards (laughs) that was good isn't she like 20 years late for this (laughs) she is 20 years late but there is a nice dopamine rush of of opening packs Uh, were you ever into the into anything like this yes of course pokemon cards specifically (laughs) yeah sure but as an adult, of, like, essentially, it was like out of a gumball machine in my youth. You'd go to like a yeah. like a convenience store. Yeah, not as an adult. We've become though. very into. I, there's a bit of the like thrill of the chase of like it's you can go to like Best Buy and pick up some packs for like the cheapest unit price. But there's like thrill <laughs> of the chase of like oh maybe we can go to like Walgreens and they'll have some like forgotten pack that is now rarer and more expensive than the current packs and all that. So that's been mm, that's been very. <laughs> and then we're yes. very excited. My my old Pokemon cards from when I was a kid are currently in New York. We're still in Denver. And so this this addiction has really started in the past three weeks since I've been in, in Denver. So we're excited to go back to my cards in, in New York and see if they hold value and like comb through <laughs> all of them. Genius. Friend yeah. of the pod, Jeremy, informed me that Pokemon cards are a considered a risk in terms of potential shoplifting at his oh, store. Yeah. So something they have to be watchful of. <laughs> I hope that was okay yeah. when I said that. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's like pretty well known. They, yeah. They're always like completely sold out. Laura was telling me, so when you open a pack, there's always going to be like a chance for one rare card or whatever. Mm-hmm. That's like holographic and shiny and all that kind of stuff. And apparently these weigh different amounts. And so what people will do is they'll like bring a tiny little like, like drug scale. Oh my God. Stores uh, <laughs> and they'll be weighing these packs to see like which ones are the heavier and which ones are lighter. And it's highly frowned upon. Um, <laughs> but you know, that's the kind of, that's wow. the kind of shenanigans that these, uh, these pack addicts are 
are falling into. Incredible. I think I had, I can't remember. I had a holographic something that was actually like a pretty big deal, but I can't remember which one for the life of me. Great story. Do you have any, <laughs> do you have any addictive behaviors like compulsively opening Pokemon packs or, or anything? Um, Probably genre. nothing like that. Fortunately, I don't have any right yeah. now that are costing me any money, but <laughs> probably I feel like I get so like when I was playing Zelda, for example, I was playing it for like 200 hours straight. Sure. Like it's, it was bad. It was bad. Yeah, <laughs> I I think my most recent one was the chess stuff of falling into mm. horrible chess addictions and the spiraling. <laughs> yes, well. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> We're going to a wedding this week. That's what's new on my end. Yeah. This will be the first wedding that I have been to since 2019. And I feel like wow. I always hear people being like, I have a wedding like every weekend of the summer. And mm-hmm. I none of my friends get married. Big time fans of living in sin. Yeah, I think I've only had one since COVID. Yeah. My first post-COVID wedding <laughs> that we will be attending. Yeah. Is it a... I, I'm a big wedding fan in general. I feel like always nice to like see big groups of friends. I guess it can be bad or it can be boring if you're the like only if there's not a big friend group, if you're like tagging along or it's like you're friends with this cousin. person, but don't share any friend. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh-huh. Cousin was the was the <laughs> what, I was, what I was talking around there. So is it a good one or is it a cousin one? No, this is a good one. Uh, it's a very small yeah. one, though. There are only 15 of us going. So it's, wow. Uh, very good yes are you a very exclusive invitation kind of so they're essentially eloping but we are like signing the document Mm -hmm. yes so as in it as it is possible to be we have we don't have a speaking role (laughs) yeah you're right no speaking role you're you're standing there to the side you have a signing role yes exactly yeah and yes exactly (laughs) i i probably mentioned this years ago but yeah the last wedding i went to i was the best man and made and gave the best man speech and just like kind of winged it and rewrote it last minute because what i had was very bad i should have had chat gpt do it that would have been good (laughs) and it killed or (laughs) it was i think it was pretty good it was very sincere very heartfelt i i'm glad that it wasn't a whole it wasn't like when when we first met, we were doing this and that. And I can't uh-huh. believe now we're doing this Paul and that. Jane, am I right? Uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, well, yeah. So there's two genres of best man speeches that are gross. It's one or one is gross. And that's like, hey, this bachelor is like no longer out on the town, you know. Two single um, people die. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and then the other one that's less gross, but it's just basic is I can't believe it's been this long since we did uh-huh. this or that. Yeah. Webster's Dictionary defines. Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. So. Incredible stuff. We don't have a speaking role. Maybe I can find my way into making a hilarious speech, but <laughs> probably not. Burn your way in. I mean, you have so much podcasting experience. It'd be great. Exactly. Exactly. It seems like I should be the obvious choice. I have a friend Maybe who was re- talking about going to a bachelor party and he was like, yeah, like the couple, they play softball together and that's kind of like the thing. And so I'm trying to like work that in. I was like, do you want me to write your speech for you? I can like take this over and just show up and make a lot of baseball puns. And he was like, well, what do you mean? And I was like, he'd be like, oh my God, like this wedding is a home run. Like they're knocking yeah. it out of the park. Like they write themselves. <laughs> you should, uh, uh, to get, if you were offered a speaking part, you should be offered the recap of the wedding, like 40 minutes <laughs> after. And it's like 1.5 times the length of the wedding. Mm-hmm. And the first 20 minutes is you talking about yourself and nobody wants to hear yes. it. My yeah. own role in the, in the wedding, what <laughs> yeah. I wore, <laughs> yeah. how, I how your week's been, yeah. how my week was leading up to <laughs> it. Yeah. And then we talk about the wedding. If the wedding is 30 minutes, we talk about that for an hour. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Uh, incredible. All right. So I think we alluded to it a little bit. But we liked this episode for the most part. 
Yeah, I did. I think maybe one of the more reference heavy episodes. I do wonder in 15 years if Dune doesn't really stand the test of time, which I'm a little bit skeptical about. I like truly remember nothing from the first viewing of Dune. <laughs> I don't know. Are there other Futurama episodes that you can think of that are like this much of a of a reference to something? Oh, geez. Uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, I guess. Yeah, I guess so. That's true. That's a good one. There was like the wear car. I feel like that's sort of a reference to the Christine car a little bit. Sure. Yeah. Mm. There's probably stuff. People are probably screaming at their phones and I'm forgetting. Yeah, Nothing comes to mind beyond those ones. Yeah. So I thought the Dune stuff was interesting, a little bit too much of a of a reference fest for that. But I was very pleasantly surprised that like i said that we're not just like going inside fry again and that the the worms are kind of doing something different it's nibbler related and all of that was a nice surprise yes agreed i thought nibbler was very good here good role for him and ended with a sweet little note at the end just like yeah amy one so yeah i thought this was more touching again on the scale of dog to yeah i guess (laughs) guess kip and amy might be my like low point of like trying to do a touching moment yeah this was a pretty good one I agree. Yes, this felt more earned. So um, what is it? Did you see Dune back uh, a couple years ago? So no, I didn't. I haven't seen it. That was where we were going with yeah. this. Where I was like, I'm gonna have to get Alex to explain all of this to me and tell me how yeah. this works as far as a reference goes. I Cam saw it and loved it. But he watched it on a plane and it took like most of the flight because <laughs> it's so long. So, yeah, that's like one uh, of yeah, those movies that People joke about like, oh, the way that the director intended it on like a tiny plane screen with like, <laughs> like Delta headphones. Right, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, so I haven't seen it. I feel like I'm decently familiar with it, but no, I haven't seen it. And I also haven't read it. I started reading the yeah. book a long time too. ago and I didn't get really very rough. far. Really, yeah. really rough. <laughs> but again, like I, I don't read books it. apparently, but. <laughs> it's no tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow. It certainly is, sure. is not. I... Yeah, I people are going to be mad, but I didn't like doing that much. I I love the directors. I don't even I don't even know how to say his name. Denny Villan, Dennis uh, Villanueva. He's did Arrival and he did Blade Runner. I'm sure I've talked about Arrival before. Um, My favorite sci fi movie ever is what is it called? It's Carl Sagan. It's uh, Contact. Uh, contact with Jodie Foster. It's from the 90s. People really, really, really hate the ending. And I love the ending. And I every time a sci-fi movie comes out, whether it's Interstellar or Arrival or Dune, um, I'm like, okay, I want this to be as good as Contact. And it never is. And I'm always disappointed. So I like Arrival, but I was disappointed by it. I love Blade Runner 2049, which is another movie this director did. And so I know he's very popular. People love his sci-fi stuff. But yeah, Dune just did not really do it for me. I thought everyone loved Dune. I thought it had like 100% approval ratings. That surprises me. But how did this go as like a send up to Dune? It went okay. I mean, there's not even that many references. Obviously, giant worm, desert mm-hmm. setting, drug spice, and... Mm-hmm. Moisture uh, li- sacrifice. <laughs> yeah, moisture being being very thirsty for moisture, no pun intended. <laughs> um, and then the little like worm collar, the the thumper, that was very like screen accurate until it like turned into a foot. Yeah. But other than that, I think, you know, I think it's like we covered the basics of Dune and didn't get really into the details. Like prophecy stuff, I guess that was a thing. 
Yeah. All right. Good. Good. I sense that that was a real thing where it's like, he was our Messiah or whatever. I was like, that's probably borrowing from this. But the opening subtitle here, Find the Hidden Story, which I'm guessing is Dune. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, do you think that that was intentional of like, I I thought that was... It was a weird opening. It was like in a little star. I was thinking like, oh, is this a thing that's like on, you know, paperback Rainbow book? or something? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> I assumed it wasn't actually a reference to do or to anything yeah. until just now. I was like, maybe it was doing was the hidden star <laughs> we, within the story. We did find it. Yeah. Yeah. So for Boop Corner. Boop daddies. Mm-hmm. What you get? Elephant, in, a dancing elephant in a dress. Okay. Well, Alex, I have wonderful news for you. This is a true Boop Corner. <laughs> Wow, she's back. She's back. This is Betty Boop's May party. And the plot of this sounds extremely weak. (laughs) (laughs) It is an elephant punctures the rubber tree. So that's probably who you saw, the elephant, Mm -hmm. uh, whose spraying sap turns the whole town rubbery. And then you expect that to go somewhere where it's like they have to resolve this or something. But no, Betty and the gang use their newfound limberness to dance and sing. Okay. I mean, written by Duke Ellington, who I mostly know from Big Mouth. (laughs) Duke Ellington. I don't know what who he is or what Big Mouth is. Okay, well, you don't know what Big Mouth is? Uh, you're not no. a... Okay, well... I don't like fine. music. Yeah, no, it's a, the cartoon featuring oh. Nick Krell and such. John Mulaney. Oh. Those people. Yeah, I can, fi- I can picture I can picture the like somewhat disturbing yes. uh, character models. Yes. Exactly. Yes, correct. <laughs> uh, teens going through puberty. Very entertaining. Mm-hmm. I talked about human resources over on Post Show Recaps. Check that out if you're so inclined. A hey. uh, little plug in the middle of the episode. But uh, yes, Duke Ellington is a ghost in that, <laughs> in that show. <laughs> yes. Well, it sounds like they're making the most out of like the town being turned to rubber. They're just like, we're going to dance. Yeah, they're just like, it's fine. This is our new reality. Yeah. <laughs> I would love if it was like, speaking of the leftovers, if it was like leftovers level of like post-apocalyptic existential dread of like, what do we do now? Our town is rubber. How can we, how can we <laughs> what go do on? We do? <laughs> yeah, no, they really just made the most of it. No existential dread in the 1930s, apparently. None <laughs> yeah, whatsoever. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So they open up at a dog park and Nibbler eats a pet and then its owner, which comes back very briefly, but... Nibbler comes home and uses his litter box and Leela mentions that there is sand in his litter box from his home world and nose numbing crystals. Yeah, rare glimpse of Central Park. I feel like that's a New York location that they have like very rarely gone to, certainly not in seasons one through three yet. So I was excited to see Central Park. And then that scene was, you know, 45 seconds long and then we're back home. I feel like maybe they were playing around in Central Park and the like Bender is really tall one. I don't know. Have we seen Bender is really tall? It wasn't that wasn't that in the anthology of interest thing? Oh like, sure, yeah. It's like who is yeah, the yeah, fifty yeah. foot tall robot monster? Not I. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Anyway, so I don't also don't think we've had this set up before, but maybe we have. I don't know. But it's like Nibbler needs to be in his like home soil, which is very like vampire. <laughs> what we do in the shadows, they talk a lot about sure. how they have to have their like ancestral soil in their coffin. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When uh, when I go to like lay down and watch television for like two hours at night. I say I'm going to my ancestral home to, <laughs> to go decompose. Good. Good. If you ever visit Canada, will you have to bring some of the like feathers from your bed or something? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Here, yeah. here's my ancestral feathers. I yeah. I don't think that the Nibbler thing was quite has been, quite been established of his homeworld being so important. But we've definitely gotten Nibbler who's super smart. There's the Council of Nib- Nibblers. Um, yes. I don't know if we did we get him talking in such a deep voice just at will or. Uh, 
Yeah. So no, what we've seen up to this point in our viewing is that she talked, sorry, Nibbler talked to Leela in that episode a little bit, but was like, you'll forget by the time we get back and like, right. we'll make it so you don't remember this. And so that is a bit of a thing where this time Nibbler talks to Leela and she's like, you can talk. And he's like, you always forget that I can talk. Like I've talked to her so many <laughs> times. And there are subsequent episodes where he does talk to her. And I do think that she forgets every time there's some something that makes yeah. her, her forget. That's funny. So strange that she he just like volunteers it in this one. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was thinking how that's like probably they just like didn't want to bother with setting any of this up. We're just like, yeah. we need the guy to talk. Yeah, it's also possible that there is an episode where that I am just forgetting or that we haven't gotten to where it's like now Nibbler talks. <laughs> yeah, right. But so yeah, so they go to the movies. They go on like a nice little afternoon. They're doing this like three dimensional crossword, which seems very hard, but maybe something you and I would get into. <laughs> Yeah, I was thinking about that. I'm kind of surprised New York Times hasn't tried that yet. With all their yeah. connections and mm-hmm. other various games. Yes, indeed. And while they're doing this, Nibbler throws up a hairball that has like parts of the person that he ate. I think this is the first yeah. person we see him eat. Is that true? Probably. Poor guy. Mm-hmm. Yale Law student. Yeah. Yeah. I really like that the movie they go to is like an artsy fartsy foreign fi- foreign language film, but it's an alien language film and the alien is like horribly screeching and everyone yeah. is <laughs> laughing and crying. <laughs> I like that too. I also really like the line. So Dibbler keeps throwing up and so Leila takes him to the vet and the first line is like they're pulling out this endoscope. He's like, wow, he seems to have eaten an endoscope. <laughs> yeah. It's gentle, but funny. <laughs> yeah, I like the vet constantly being annoyed that he gets interrupted. Agreed. Yes, he says that, yeah, it's the same bet that we always see where uh, he's the one who declared that Nibbler was five, that kind of stuff. He like steals a tooth from a tiger or something. (laughs) (laughs) Something about his character model made him feel very Springfieldian. I don't know if you picked up on that, but he looks more like a Simpsons character than a Futurama character. Yeah, I think I agree. And before anyone comes for me, I know the tiger knocked out one of his teeth and that's what he put in Nibbler's head. My God. No one's coming for us. So... (laughs) Also, Nibbler has worms, and the worms are attacking his brain, and if they're not careful, he'll be left with the IQ of a Boston Terrier. (laughs) Take that, Boston Terrier. Is that a famously dumb dog, I guess? Have you had family dogs, or it's just a whole slew of barnyard animals at your place? Whole slew of barnyard animals. We had uh, Doberman throwing up for a long time, so we had this like Doberman outside. Yeah, so we had two of those, and we were all really scared of them, except for my brother, who still, to the day, loves dogs a lot, has like four dogs, but he was the only one who wasn't afraid of this dog. Wow. And then I always, we got another I figured, dog. I, I know their reputation, but I figured yeah. like, oh, if they're living in your house, you're going to like see that they're sweethearts, and I think we're going to love them, but that's not the case. Yeah, one of them was much nicer than the other. The other one was like, it was, you know, the 80s and 90s, and this dog wasn't allowed in the house, and so it was just like a I barn see. dog, and it was very scary. <laughs> and then... After that, it became the 2000s and you had to have dogs in the house. And so we got nicer dogs after that. But after our most recent dog died, it was probably like four years ago. My parents were just like, we don't need another one. We don't really like dogs that much anyway. (laughs) It was mostly just like a a farm thing. Parents do be not wanting dogs once they're in their 60s. It's very upsetting because I would like to mooch off of the the dog ownership uh, perks. Without any of the responsibility. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Very well. It was topical. We get Nibbler being prescribed ivermectin, which was very relevant for a minute there with people thinking that this is what they should be taking for their COVID. And there's lots of studies to say that it didn't do anything. And I don't want people to come after me about this. But anyway, yeah. So scientist uh, Lindsay Wilson. Indeed. Yes. Uh, (laughs) 
but uh, all this to say, I, I, I felt like it was very intentional to choose that. I'm sure it was. Yeah. That I on here. yeah. But yes, Nibbler doesn't want to eat this pill. I did like that he gets really excited when they're offering to put it in cheese because I also mm-hmm. would get excited about taking medicine that was hidden in cheese. I liked um, this was a subtle little joke of like Nibbler's lowering IQ where he uh, is asking for Brie or Gouda. And mm-hmm. then in like the next scene when they're giving him the next pill, he uh, he's asking for like single slices of American cheese. Yeah, so they're like, would you like a nice manchego? And he's like, no, make it American cheese in yeah. individual plastic wrap or whatever. <laughs> um, One of the moments from The Simpsons that I would rewind over and over again as a, as a kid was Homer, Homer eating the 64 slices, 64 of, American slices of American cheese. Yes, so good. I think I'm blind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Lila's playing Quantum Wordle, but Nibbler now just yeah. wants to play Tic-Tac-Toe with Rye. Yes, and- yeah. it's funny because he's like half genius and half very stupid. He says he likes tic tac toe because it's deterministic. Yes, <laughs> and he's been taking his pills like a good boy, but his smartness is still slipping away. And it turns mm-hmm. out that the worms are reinfecting Nibbler every time he uses the litter box, and Leela couldn't possibly clean it out because it's from his ancestral pooping grounds. Yes. During college, I, I suppose the most rowdy uh, event at the college 30 somethings sitting quietly weekend was we played. Speed Candyland, and Candyland is also <laughs> a deterministic game. But uh-huh. Speed Candyland is you put the pile of the pile of cards at the other end of the backyard, and you have to run to get your card, and you can just go, you can move as fast as you can as you can go. That's, that's uh, fun. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds exhausting. <laughs> yeah, it was an exercise. Oh my god! What happens? Is there like a timer? Like you have to do it in a certain amount of time? So you're going up against against someone else. So just first person to get it to the end. Oh, whoa! That's fun. Yeah. It's like a drinking game or you're just playing Candyland. We were just running. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. So wholesome. Yeah. Incredible. <laughs> I would have been less interested, to be honest, if you were like, it's a drinking game. I'm like, I'm oh, not interested. Yeah, exactly. All right. So they say you have to shrink down and face the worms and battle them. And they were like, yeah, that sounds gross. And he's like, oh my, yes. This time <laughs> seems much more dangerous. Like before it was just their little avatars going inside a fry. And this time it's like their actual bodies being shrunk down. Right. Well, I mean, personal identity, I suppose, has some like, oh, am I this the like small little avatar? You know, there, there's some philosophical debates there. But yes, certainly when it's just your body, then that's scary. I like the the professor has the enlarging ray where he flips a lens and says, this now just keeps things the same size. And now let me go like tinker with it additionally uh, to make it shrinking. That that's was like exactly. a good, what kind of joke is that? Like misdirect? version of expectations. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so they're going to go kill the worms with high-powered rifles filled with liquid ivermectin. And they're like, get in this toy tank that I enlarged. (laughs) And they're like, what about this weird track? And he's like, oh, yes, it came in the set. (laughs) Yeah, like a Hot Wheels track. Yes, exactly. So the professor is like shrinking a bunch of stuff and shrinks this tank. And he's like, whatever you do, don't leave the tank. It's like your only protection. And they immediately like are out of the tank. (laughs) Like it gets, it falls into the sand or something. Yeah, I like clever way. I mean, this is where the Dune stuff starts, but clever way to be on an alien planet, but but not be on an alien planet is just to be the, in the desert of the of the litter box. Yes, exactly. So yeah, so they start seeing gross stuff. The pygmy hyena moles. Zoidberg is like breathing in the weird glitter at one point, and his eyes get all weird. And he's like, "They're coming, why not?" And then yes, that's this is uh, keep happening. The spice from Dune, the famous line of "The spice must flow." It's what like makes the Dune planet desirable and profitable on everything so we got it we got the spice drug here yes and then a bunch of beetles show up turns out they are dung beetles it's actually pronounced dung beetles <laughs> um 
and they are also enemies of the parasitic worms. They're like, these sandworms are also our enemies. Like, we'll help you. So mm-hmm. They think Fry is the messiah from Dune, where there's like a prophecy, but they quickly realize that Fry is just kind of an idiot. Yes. <laughs> yes. And so they explain how they're going to get to where the worms are. And the shaman person uses the glitter chamber to see all the possibilities at once, kind of like Doctor Strange vibes a little bit. <laughs> hmm, yeah, yeah. Uh, 10 million permutations or whatever. Yes. Yes. And we get like a brief second back at home where Nibbler is eating the professor's slippers and he's really sad because he's getting dumber and now he has to wear the cone of shame. Yeah, I, I like that his little third eye like peeks out over the cone of shame. Yes, I like that too. All right, so the she sees like all the ways she's also eating frosting because like it's implied that she's getting kind of high from this. Yeah, and they send a guide named Bilgar, and they're like, he's our second best guide, so do most of what he says. <laughs> yeah, I like that the mystical spice drug is also just yeah making people high. There's some beetle in the like chamber room that's just kind of tripping uh, yes. out. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. they go to where the best guide died and they're like, all right, so what are we going to do? Like exactly what he did. And then the second best guide also gets eaten by a sandworm. Yeah. Did I tell you, I think I've told this story on uh, the podcast before. Did I tell you about how we, in 2012, we, there was a game where you can like, it was rock band or like an equivalent rhythm game that you could input your own track into. And okay. we, it was called Audio Surf. And we decided to audio surf the complete audiobook of Dune because um, it would just like oh generate the, the, uh, the rock band track for like any for any audio file. And so we did that for like 14 hours straight. My uh, stupid friends that I was with this weekend, we like did shifts overnight of like, OK, now oh you god. do like the 3 a.m. to 5 a.m. Dune audio surf. Oh, my god. Shift. Compulsive yeah. behavior indeed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's we incredible. streamed it on like Twitch before that was a thing, which I'm sure broke all sorts of terms of service of streaming. Yes, like a copyrighted book. <laughs> yeah. Yes. True. Incredible. I was going to say like today you would certainly do something with that, but you did. So great. Yeah. <laughs> There's a total throwaway line here. And I kind of like how they do it where they make nothing of this line and they <laughs> say it super quietly and then move on to something else. But at one point they're trying to kind of lure the worms to them. And so they're using this thing that they call a pounder. And Bender mm-hmm. goes, my grandfather was a pounder. And then like 30 <laughs> seconds later, he goes, I guess I'm a quarter pounder. And then just like <laughs> they carry on to something else. Yeah, I thought that was, I was wondering what they were going for when Bender was saying my grandpa was a pounder. Is like, is this yeah. a sex joke? And like, no, it's a, it's a quarter pounder joke. 30 seconds later. 30 seconds later. Yeah. They, <laughs> and like, they do nothing with it. But I really liked just yeah. like how <laughs> it's just total throwaway. I did like, this is one of the more iconic bits of Dune of the pounder attracting the worm and it being this like big dramatic thing. And so I, I did like they they redid that. Yes. So they land in the sand and everyone gets infected with the glitter and they see like a sandstorm is coming and it turns out that Nippler is just using the litter box and kicking up sand. And then Bender starts tap dancing to attract the worms to them. Yes. He puts on his tap dancing shoes. Yes, they call him, what do you say, like Metal Fred Astaire or something. Yeah. And it turns out the giant worm is made up of all the worms from the last episode, which I actually kind of, mm-hmm. it was disgusting, but I also kind of liked it because I was getting the sense that this was a different parasite. I was thinking the same thing, but I was thinking surely they have to be the same parasite. So I was wondering how they were going to come into it. And I, yeah, clever to have the giant worm be made up of, of all of the small worms, yes, including the king. Yes, and Fry's like, I know you. I'm like, oh, I'll take your word for it. And so they're wondering why... 
Nibbler is getting dumber when they made Fry smarter. And they offer to have them infest Zoidberg instead of Nibbler. And they're like, oh, how dare you? (laughs) Fighting begins. Yeah, Nibbler says that you can no longer predict the ending of an M. Night Shyamalan movie. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, And so it's important to him to say things while he still can. So he he shows up during the midst of the fight. He makes everybody stop fighting. He's in his cute little spaceship. And turns out he is the Messiah. And he's like, turns out life is just like a total glorious web. And this whole web ends with my brain getting eaten so they play their part and i will gladly pay mine even if i just become a mindless house pet right just the the whole ecosystem is thriving down here in the desert and nibbler has to be the martyr for it yes exactly and so when they come back nibbler is just like consoling leela a little bit and being like what else is gone i'll remember i'm your little fuzzler or whatever and a very cute like pet moment friendship whatever between them yeah, very sweet. Nibbler is becoming dumber by the second. And yeah, he says that and then asks for belly rubs and is very content with the belly rubs, even though Leela is sad because now Nibbler is gone. Yes. And then so she's crying at work and she's like, if only I could open my mind to the beauty that he was blabbering on about. <laughs> and she realizes <laughs> that she can and she's going to go into the chamber and consume the like uncut glitter. Yeah, the raw so glitter. Yeah, the raw spice. Yes, exactly. And so she's like, everything he said was true. And they're like, duh, he was the Messiah. But then she realizes that the worms should be making Nibbler smarter, like they did for Fry. And the web of life actually goes deeper, and the worms are being weakened by subparasites, which are these gross yeah. little mites that are killing them. I was a little bit disappointed that they just kind of like slap off the the little mites. Um, I thought we were gonna shrink even smaller and like go into the mites world and then fight them. Uh, I thought that would have yeah. been fun. I so we were getting low on time, but yes, I agree. It was a bit a bit of a cop-out almost where it's just like, knock them off yourselves and then just squish them. So. Yeah, I like the, there are levels within levels within levels. That's too many levels. <laughs> yes, a precious web of blah 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 We have to draw the line somewhere. So we cut back to Nibbler. He's eating a Bart doll and Leela's like, don't worry, you're going to be fine. I was curious about the rights to the Bart doll with the Hulu thing and like Simpsons being on Disney now and Hulu, I guess Hulu is ABC, I think. So maybe they do have the rights. But I thought, oh, that's like kind of a headache for them to be relaunching Futurama and having a Simpsons reference in it. Yeah, Simpsons and Futurama, both on Disney Plus in Canada. So not an issue. Mm. But yeah, and I mean, they have the Bart Simpson doll in the episode where they go to the moon and find that like crater of junk. Oh, I'm sure. So, or no, that's the, the garbage episode. I mean, yes. Yes. All right. So... Nibbler's smart again by the end of the episode. We just like smash cut to him being smart, <laughs> talking to the Nibblonians. He's like helping with the crossword. They're just like, good. <laughs> I'm glad you're better. And then yeah. she says, you're my little fuzzler. And he says, I remember. Oh, very, very touching. I, I was hoping a little bit more from the Nibblonians of their like sinister council. Yes. <laughs> good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Futurama. Let me see. Season. All right, I'm just looking at what the next episode is going to be so that we have the information. But I think the next one is like related items in your card or something like that. But anyway, I guess we should, shouldn't should end this one so abruptly. I enjoyed this. I thought this was quite good. I would say of the two sequels that we've seen so far, this was the better of the two. The other sequel being... Um, the Kiff and Amy one. Kiff and Amy one, sure. Yeah, I think... Do we want to do ratings of the four episodes? So we have Reboot, Reboot, the soap opera. We have Kiff and Amy. We have Old West and we have Nibbler. What are your ratings so far? Uh, I think this was probably my favorite. And then maybe Children of a Lesser Bug, then The Impossible Stream, and then The Wild West. Wild West is my least favorite. (laughs) I think I am probably Impossible Stream number one. Um, Even better than this one. 
Yeah, I think I think my like this being a big reference to Dune will ultimately hurt it in the end, hurt it in the end, especially if more people start coming around to not liking Dune like me. <laughs> and I, I just I thought the I thought the Impossible Stream was like a perfect Futurama episode where it was just like a wacky sci-fi premise that that wasn't too over the top, but was still very clever and very referential with it being a reboot and not in an annoying way. So I, I really liked the first one. But I'll put this I'll put Parasites number two mostly for the like earned sentimentality at the end with Nibbler. I thought that was very good. Yes. And then, yeah, Bog 3, I think, because it didn't disappoint me as much as the Wild West, where I was excited for Wild West jokes, and it, none of them really were that good. Wild West, like, uh, even re-listening to the episode that we did as I was editing, I was like, yeah, they were, they were trying to do too much here. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, I stand by our take. All right, so that makes sense. The next episode is going to be related to items you viewed. So I was close. Okay. Do you have a, do you have a summary there? Yes. One sentence synopsis, Bender uncovers the mysteries of the vast Mamazon Corporation. Okay, excellent. That, that would have been my guess of we're doing some machine learning recommendation engine things and clearly a mom episode. Yeah, so we get a return of mom in the next episode. Very exciting. Who are the winners and losers of this episode before we go? I'd say the winner is maybe Nibbler for surviving. <laughs> Retaining <laughs> his memory. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Zoidberg gets canonically killed. He gets squashed. So maybe, yeah. maybe hey, Zoidberg's a loser. loser here. Yeah. 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 I would agree. The mites probably big yeah, losers. Mites didn't make it. How did you feel about the worms in general? They they took less of a center stage than I expected. I really expected like more of Worm King action. True. Yeah. They get almost nothing, don't they? They're just like whatever. <laughs> like, yeah. I forget you. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I think it was fine. I maybe would have liked to see more but uh, this this was fine yeah i'm interested to know if we'll ever see like oh nibbler is getting like even smarter and better and stronger oh that's right because the worms are still with him or in his litter box i guess yeah who knows but yeah all right so next time we'll be back for the mom episode in the meantime alex you said we got a nice email this week do you want to talk about that we we did get a nice email this week but from somebody that is only listening to the old episodes which is or the the old season episodes which is very ironic that we're suddenly making the executive decision to (laughs) only do the new episodes and we we said one piece of feedback would deter us from uh from doing (laughs) that but uh, i guess not (laughs) <laughs> we got like five more weeks and then we'll go back to the old ones. It's fine. Yeah. yeah. It also wasn't a s- specific ask of please do the old ones. So, you know, yeah. yeah. Mark, the person that wrote in said he'll eventually get to these. So Mark, you're probably listening to this well into the future, but thank you for writing in. Let's see anything particular. Mark has been listening to us as he's putting together his patio all summer. Oh. So that's a, that's a good activity. If you have any like carpentry questions? We'll ask Mark. Yeah. Yeah. We have, I wonder if our butcher listened to us while actively butching. <laughs> i hope so actively butching incredible yeah. all right so we got a butcher and a carpenter so butcher carpenter candlestick um, maker candlestick <laughs> maker are you out there we're waiting uh, canonically no baker yet either so yeah no baker I, I remember we got a student at one point that said they they listened to us on their walk home which sounded very quaint yes <laughs> school. wow how could people get in touch with us if they would like to be part of this quaint community <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, they can email us potoftomorrow at gmail.com. I'm interested to hear rankings of the new episodes. Obviously, Lindsay and I are a couple of weeks behind, but if you have thoughts on how you rank these four episodes, I haven't looked at any like critical reviews or like reviews from actual reviewers. So I don't really know people's take on all of this. 
Yeah, I'd be interested. I've, heard, I've seen a couple of people, Johnny Tuchellos, who does good YouTube content about this stuff, mm. said he very much has been enjoying the season. So, Yeah, that's kind of the take that I've been seeing of like, overall, yeah, it's pretty good. But down to the episode, I, I don't know what people are thinking about the different ones. Twitter slash other name uh, is at Pot of Tomorrow. <laughs> you can get in touch with us there. I tweeted on something the other day. Um, is it still called tweeting? Has anyone commented on this? Like uh, I su- X-Files? They replaced, they replaced like retweet with just repost, I believe. Mm. So I think, yeah, I think they're trying to just get rid of all Twitter nomenclature. What did I tweet about the other day? Like literally nobody saw it. Oh, I tweeted my Simpsons books, including oh, the, yes, yes, yes. the much less worn seasons 13 and 14, like comprehensive guide <laughs> to the Simpsons. Like Makes sense. That, that would be barely touched. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, get in touch with us, reach out, let us know your thoughts, and otherwise, we will join you next week for whatever I said, the related items you viewed. Amazon something. Yeah. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye.